Welcome to Peacefully Profitable. This podcast was created for ambitious people looking to discover their passion and turn it into profit, a productively balanced life, and sustained peace. Join us as we walk this walk together. And now your host, productivity coach and corporate wellness consultant, Shamika Lemon. Hello, hello, and thanks yet again for tuning in to the Peacefully Profitable Podcast. I have a very special treat for you on today's episode. So we will be talking a lot about laying the foundation and the importance of doing so, whether it be in your life, your business, your relationship, or wherever. So whatever it is, this is a step in the process you don't want to miss, or you will find yourself coming back to it later on. So just a brief introduction of our guests, and then we will just get right into our discussion. So today's guest is Alicia Wilford, and she's a leadership, life, and creative coach who works predominantly with women and lives by the motto, we rise by lifting others. So she's also the creator of the Yoke and Abundance Wise Women Wednesday interviews, panels, and podcasts. So Alicia spent 11 years as an award-winning internal wholesaler in the life insurance industry. So early in her career in corporate America, Alicia became a 500-hour certified yoga teacher and went on to found her own yoga studio called Greensboro Downtown Yoga. While juggling a successful full-time job and running her own business, Alicia discovered the tools she used to spark creative endeavors and bring mindfulness into her days were the very tools that made her most successful in all other aspects of her life. So in 2017, Alicia left corporate America to found Yoke and Abundance. Alicia is an avid traveler, writer, and speaker who enjoys working with anyone who has a propensity to take action towards their dreams. So please help me welcome Alicia Wilford to the Peacefully Profitable Podcast. Hello, thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor and a pleasure to get to be on your podcast. Thank you. Yes, you're so welcome. I'm very, very excited. Uh, We had a discussion before. Um, We've been doing a lot of uh, collaborating, a lot of things together, and we've had uh, quite a few discussions, but uh, one of them stood out to me uh, where I shared with you that I actually found you maybe about a year ago and was totally impressed with your your brand and who you are, what you stand for, all of those things. And then what made it better was the fact that we connected uh, when we found out that we share the same sign, our birthdays are a day apart, <laughs> and just we share a lot of, uh, yes. yeah, yeah, a lot of the same qualities. So just why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, who you are and your brand, just a little bit more about who you are. Absolutely. Yes. I love that we are both Scorpios. I find that I'm really drawn to fellow Scorpio women. Um, It just seems like our passion kind of brings us together to a certain extent, and especially that we're both entrepreneurs. But I am Alicia Wilfert, and I am, like you said, the founder of Yoke and Abundance. And I'm a leadership, life, and creativity coach. I work predominantly with women who are looking for purpose and meaning and wanting to dig in and do a lot of deep self-work so that as they move forward in their lives that they have kind of addressed some of the big questions. And that's not to say that those big questions won't come back, Um, but if you lay a foundation of doing things like exploring your personal creativity exploring your personal core values 
and kind of diving into the places where you are finding challenges, it lays a really nice foundation to be able to make decisions in your life that are from a place of wholeness. Right. Absolutely. And one of the things that, you know, really stood out to me also, a ton of things did, but like laying that foundation. And I do feel that that's one of the things that unfortunately a lot of us, you know, that's one of the steps that we kind of try to avoid, right? Um, it's, yes. you know, we everyone wants to get to the money. We want to get to the money. We want to get to the, you know, the instant gratification of people knowing who we are, knowing what we're about, those types of things. But I really want to hone in on and really discuss the foundation and how significant it is, how important it is to really focus more on that, right? Because without that foundation, Absolutely. you know, what do you have? So, I want to know from you as a coach, um, how do you get people to see the importance of laying that foundation and how important it is to really start with that step? You know, that's really interesting. It's really difficult. I don't think that I can get anyone to see that they need that. So, you know, I put it out there on my website, on my marketing materials. I, I think that a lot of people get to a point where they recognize that they need someone to reflect back to them what they're experiencing in order to process it. Mm -hmm. So the person that realizes that there's something going on and they can't see the forest for the tree through the trees. So they need someone that's able to kind of zoom out for them and reflect back the big picture. Um, that's what a coach is able to provide. And I think that you know, if you start coming up against the same challenge over and over and over and you're ready to be done with that challenge so that you can move on to the next, you know, the next place of growth, that's where a coach really comes in. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I know too, just from experience and just from talking to other entrepreneurs that, you know, there are some people who just have to go through it to see it. Um, you have to go yeah. through certain things to then bring you back to what is important, right? And I can say right. that, yeah, when I first started my business, um, I don't think I laid the foundation you know, properly. I don't think that I was right. one of those people that said, hey, I, I need to know all of this before I, um, or I need to follow certain steps before I like really throw myself into this business. And so one of those things that I, you know, tried to prevent myself in the very beginning was laying that foundation and I had to come back to it. So you, you know, the point right. I want to make is that you're going to eventually have to come back to it. So it is a very important uh, step in uh, starting a business really in life, you know, life, life. Coaching. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just about the business. It's also about your life, but you know, just coming back to the point, it's really important to have that foundation. And if you don't do it now at some point in your um, entrepreneurial journey, you're going to have to come back to it. So I think absolutely. that you know, the type of coaching that you have is just, it's absolutely amazing. It's needed. And I think that at the right time, the right people will see that, that, that it's something that they're going to have to do eventually. Yes. And so just like you said, on your journey, there came a point where you realized that you had to go back and address the foundation. That's the most fertile ground for a coach, right? right? Because you recognize that there's something that needs to be worked on, repaired or fixed. You recognized that there was an opportunity for growth. And that's when you're most 
likely to have a propensity to take action to address the foundation. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I I just, I think that that's what it's going to just be for some people is for you to go through certain things before you can come back to the importance of the journey and what's actually needed. Um, So, you know, Hey, that's just a part of life and that's the way that's the flow of some people's journey. That's just what it's going to be. But <laughs> I still have to come back to the importance of this type of coaching and this foundation. And so in talking yeah. about that, um, you know, what was it? Because I know that you haven't always been an entrepreneur. So what was it that actually um, brought you to starting this type of business? You know, it was my own personal search for purpose and meaning. Okay. So I worked, you know, out of college. I went to Guilford College. It is a liberal arts school. It's the type of place where I thought I was a hippie, and then I went there, and I realized that I'm nowhere near um, what a true hippie is, if that makes any sense. Um, And so it was a really interesting type of place, but it's the type of college where everyone who goes there thinks that they're going to be a positive force for change in the world. And so, and I was no different, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed in college. But really, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. So how do you make a change? How are you a force for good if you don't know what you want to do with your life? And it took me a really long time. I floundered for a really long time. But I think there are some people that are definitely seekers, and I was a seeker. And so I went into a really unfulfilling career um, doing work in the financial industry in sales for a really big fortune 500 company. And it was a great job. It was a lot of security. It was fantastic money. And it was one of those things where it was a great job for anybody but me. Mm -hmm. You know, I was not a fit in that. And I always knew it. So I was seeking during that time, I would fill up, I don't have a TV. So I don't fill up my outside hours with, um, you know, I don't just sit in front of a TV watching endless, episodes of things on a regular basis. I mean, yes, I have a computer and can do a little Netflix sometimes, but you know, it was not, I used that time outside of my nine to five to read as many self-help books as I could possibly get my hands on. I took a journey into becoming a yoga teacher. I am a 200 hour certified yoga instructor. I'm a 300 hour certified instructor um, which, and I've even gone beyond that for the most part, I've gone to any yoga workshop that I feel a deep interest and a calling to learn more information about. So I just did, and yoga really helps you get to know yourself on a deep, profound level. And a lot of the books, a lot of the teachings are really about getting to know yourself. So I, I basically spent a decade in self-discovery. And during that time, I thought, well, maybe I should be, you know, I was teaching yoga and I thought, well, maybe I should open a yoga studio. So it came to the point where I didn't want to wonder what if. I didn't know if that was my calling. I didn't know if that was supposed to be what I was meant to do. But I thought, I'm going to give it a try. So I opened Greensboro Downtown Yoga and I ran that while I worked my full-time job. So I would go teach yoga classes in the morning at 5:45 before work. I would oh, wow. um you know, I would send out newsletters and do payroll on my lunch break while I was at work and then I would go teach classes in the evenings and on the weekends. And I really burnt out. Um that I, I don't think 
it was necessarily my calling. It was a great way to learn about myself and kind of get some experience about what it's like of running a brick and mortar business. But all of that, and during that time, I got coached. So just as we talked about how important a foundation is, somehow I recognized that I needed to have a mentor. I needed someone that would give me a perspective that I couldn't give myself. And that was, I loved the process of being coached. I loved doing the homework. I loved having somebody to check in with. Um, the You know, you can argue all day long that it's bad to be a people pleaser, but there are some portions of being a people pleaser that can be, you can use it to your advantage. And so I definitely use that people pleasing ability in myself to um, kind of to like help spur me to continue to do the work because I was excited to show it to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I was excited to show my gains to someone else. And so that's where my entrepreneurial journey started. And that was my first experience with being coached by someone else. And during that time, I kind of started to think about the way I was being coached and thought, you know, I would like to do this for others. And I think that maybe I actually would do it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started offering it on my website and no one took me up on it. And I, I had brought on a business partner midway through owning that yoga studio. And you know, she had a lot of personal things going on at one point, and I started to have a lot of personal things going on at one point. So we decided it would be best to sell the studio to our um, to the studio manager. And so we sold. We ended up selling the studio to our studio manager. And that same month that I sold the studio, I had the the, the very first coaching client take me up on the package that I had put together on the website. And it was one of those experiences where you sit down with that person and time ceases to exist. Mm. Um, I just felt so in the flow. I felt like I I instantly had this awareness and knowing that I was doing what I was called to do. Oh, absolutely. That's amazing. So I, you know what, uh, just bringing up yoga for just a quick second, since we are kind of on that subject, I think a lot of people actually have a misunderstanding of what yoga is. Um, now I'm not hundred yes. percent sure that I have like a, a great understanding of it, but, um, can you just kind of help us, you know, briefly show, you know, just tell us what yoga, the meaning behind yoga, what it can do for you. Like, is this something that helps you manifest? Does it bring you peace? Like, what is it for you? Um, you know, that you get out of yoga? Oh, absolutely. So you know, I think I embarked on my journey to yoga in order to um, just exercise. It was, I, you know, well, okay, I'll tell you this. Way back in the day, I, um, my mom had taken a yoga class in college. And so when I was a little kid, my mom would use yogic relaxation techniques mm-hmm. to help put us kids to bed. Yeah. So it's, it's called like yoga nidra and it's basically like a guided meditation. And I don't even think my mom had an understanding of what she was doing. She was just kind of mimicking what her teacher did. So I always say my mom was my first yoga teacher and I would beg to take you. She talked so highly about this class that she had taken in college and how great it was. And so I would beg to do yoga. Uh, I thought, I was like, can I take a class mom? But you know, growing up in Toledo, Ohio in the, you know, the early eighties, you know, yoga is, was not anywhere near as popular and mainstream as it is now. I mean, it was really 
kind of like you were eccentric Mm -hmm. if you were like dabbling in meditation or yoga. And now it's become such a mainstream thing to do. So that was my first experience with yoga. And then right out of college, I knew that I had to do something to stay fit. Yeah. That's purely the only reason I got into yoga. It really had nothing to do with the philosophy behind it. It had nothing. It was, it started as exercise for me. And I just kind of, it's like one of those things where you can go down the rabbit hole. Yoga can just be exercise, Mm -hmm. um, but there is philosophy behind it. And yoga, the, the practice of the physical asana, the exercises that we do in a physical yoga class, that's a piece of what yoga is. Yoga is really um, what they call the eightfold path to life. Mm -hmm. And I think however people access yoga is great. It's a tool to live a fulfilling life. Mm. Okay. I love it. That, yeah, that, the exercise of it led me to the meditation. And the reason why those exercises were created, the only reason they exist is to heal the body. Mm to make the body strong and supple and healthy so that you can sit for longer hours in meditation. Oh, wow. Okay. Awesome. That's all, that's all it is. So, I mean, yoga is designed to heal the body. It's a, you know, it's systematic way to heal the body through exercise and strength and then at least the physical practice. And then it lends towards meditation. So, you know, honestly, if you have 20 minutes in your day, um, you know, 10 minutes of yoga and 10 minutes of meditation is a great, a great thing that you can do. 10 minutes to make your body feel good, to work the kinks out, and then 10 minutes to sit and heal your mind. Mm-hmm. I love it. So um, in addition to yoga, what are some other ways that you practice peace and like really, you know, balancing your life as much as you possibly can? Like, as we all know, like life can be um, very busy on a daily basis on a hourly basis, really, um, it can just be super busy. And then trying to run a business on top of, you know, your personal life and other things and keeping up with friends and family and staying in touch. I mean, everything, um, you know, what yes. are some other ways that you practice like keeping that balance and that peace? And I use the term balance, uh, very loosely because, you know, it, sometimes it just doesn't exist in, in, you know, certain people's lives. So, what are some other yes. tools that you may use to keep that that peace? Yeah, and I like to think about it, and you and I might have talked about this, but I like to think about it as harmony. Mm. So it's not that I'm, I think that if we're thinking about it as balance, sometimes that's hard, right? Because a lot of times it's a pendulum swinging, and sometimes this, the pendulum has to swing really far in one direction. But is that in line with your core values? Mm. Um, you know, I love, I'm madly in love with the work that I'm doing right now. And it permeates probably all aspects of my life. I'm sure you can relate to that as an entrepreneur. And I don't want it any other way. I mean, I want there to be times that I am able to shut down. So I try a minimum of once a quarter to kind of get out in nature and like camp or go on a trip where... I, I really disconnect as much as possible, take a little bit of a digital detox, so to speak. Um, I try to make it clear that um, 
you know, I don't rush to answer emails. That's really important to me. It's really important to me. I know as a business partner or a business person, it's important. You want to get back to people in a timely manner. And we do live in a culture that is rushing. But, you know, I, as a coach, I think it's really important for me to set a good example of healthy boundaries and reactions. And I don't think that answering emails 24-7 or responding to an email right away just because it came to you is necessarily a healthy practice. Mm -hmm. So that would be some ways. I also, I do meditate on a regular basis. I would say though, my top three tools, morning pages would be the first the first thing that I do mm-hmm. and morning pages, it's a practice and a book called the artist's way that I recommend all of my clients use and work with. And it's about cultivating your own personal creativity. So when you get up in the morning, sitting down and writing three pages, stream of consciousness, whatever comes out, this is a really crude way to put it, but I like to think about it as vomiting onto the page, <laughs> getting out t- or taking out the trash even, so to speak, getting out all of those thoughts that rumble around up there in your head that are going to keep you from just blasting forward in your work in a really in a really thoughtful way if you're distracted by those other thoughts that aren't necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been doing that for about seven years and that has started to shift. I listened to a podcast called the lively show and she talks a lot about the law of attraction and manifesting. And she talks a lot about how important it is to be really in touch with your own personal, call it intuition, call it soul, whatever word you want to get. But that, that piece of you that is connected to the higher being. And so so what I've started doing, my morning pages are starting to evolve into me trying to talk to my own intuition without ego. So I will ask myself a question and I will kind of give space and, and listen for what that answer is. And if it's an answer that I can tell is a reaction of fear, then that's not my inner being talking. That's that's ego talking. And so I try to just get quiet and listen and really look for the true wisdom that I hold within. And that's the practice that I've started doing. And it's the main message that I'm getting from myself is slow down. Mm, wow. So I'm trying to heed what I'm being told. The other message I've really recently, you know, I tell, I've told a lot of clients, you know, a lot of people let fear hold them back. And so they don't take action based on fear. I, I've been I've been there myself. You know, I spent a decade in a career that I did not enjoy because of fear. And I understand what that feels like. And I had to feel the fear and I had to do it anyway. And what I'm hearing from my intuition is that I know I can drop the fear. Wow. That's very and, helpful. And I yeah, I'm I'm trying to notice when I'm feeling fear and let it go. And so that that's a new practice that I'm working with and I'm really excited to see where that goes and what that leads me to. So those are morning pages. That's a main tool. 
And then I think exercise is incredibly important. I think and that, and exercise does not have to mean going to the gym. It does not have to be a formal thing like, um, you know, going to the gym for an hour or whatever idea you have, like a rigid idea of what exercise has to be. Exercise can be going to take a 10 or 15 minute walk at lunchtime. You know, I personally really love to run. So I try when I'm healthy to get out and run three to four times a week. And I will do that around lunchtime most days. Mm -hmm. And I run, you know, three to four miles. But, you know, that's the time where I'll listen to podcasts or even sometimes I'll just leave my phone at home and run. And it's the most, I get the most energy and the most creative thoughts when I am exercising on a regular basis. Um, And then the third tool is meditation. So taking time to sit and get quiet. And meditation is not about getting rid of thoughts. Meditation is about being able to watch your thoughts, being able to be the one who sees the thoughts. And again, I think that's a practice of um, connecting to your higher being. And not every single day goes well. you know, the meditation practice, the sitting is a, is like going to the bank to make a deposit, right? right? So when I sit on my meditation, <laughs> when I sit on my meditation cushion, there are, I'd say 95% of the days, it feels like the monkey in my mind is throwing a tantrum. And there are all of these thoughts and there's so much to do. And I honestly am crawling inwardly to get off the meditation cushion. But I know that it's like practice. It's like I'm practicing almost for a half marathon. It's not the game. Sitting on the meditation cushion is the practice. It is not the game. It's as if I'm going to the bank, saving up to make a deposit, saving up in order to buy a house or saving up to go on a trip. And when I'm able to make a withdrawal from that meditation practice, is when I have a really stressful situation and I'm able to step back and take a breath and respond with more grace and calm than I would have had I not had that meditation practice. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love those. And because of the type of person that I am, of course, there was something that stood out to me uh, before we got into that discussion where you said um, that you're madly in love with what you do. (laughs) And (laughs) I don't you know what? Um, I don't think that a lot of people are, you know, and um, or they may have started out, you know, where they were once madly in love with what they're doing. But something happened, you know, during the course of running a business or, you know, dealing with a certain client or just um, internal things that they may be dealing with where they're no longer madly in love with what they do. But because you said that, I just have to address it because I I really I want more people to, to get to that point. And so, you know, what is it that makes you say that about yourself, like being madly in love with with what you do and, you know, maybe Mm. even share a tip or a strategy on how someone else could um, start the process of getting there themselves? Oh, that's such a great question. Thank you so much for asking it. Shramika, I have to tell you, I spent a decade hating what I, I did. So getting up in the morning and getting ready to go into a job where I knew I didn't belong. I was really good at that work. I won awards. 
I mean, my company sent me on rewards trips to, I went to England and Scotland as on a rewards trip. I got sent to Nevis on a rewards trip. I was sent to the Bahamas. I was good at what I did, but I woke up every single day and dreaded the thought of getting ready to go into work and face that gray cubicle and know that I was going to have to spend a day dialing for dollars. Mm. It, for me, it was the most soul-sucking work possible. I didn't see how what I was doing was making a greater difference in, in the world. And the thing about what I'm doing now is that I spent a lot, and this is what I work with clients on, I spent a lot of time getting to know myself through so through the process of morning pages through the process of reading every self-help book that I could get my hands on through the process of writing out what my core values were and on it you know when I wrote out what my core values were I knew that I could no longer stay in the job that I was in and it didn't matter to me if I went bankrupt because I knew that I could no longer stop. I could no longer ignore who I was because it was as if I was beholden to a secular master. Mm-hmm. And, and so by writing down my core values, I was able to recognize that I was really out of alignment with who I was as a human being and as an individual. And luckily for me, right around that time, I had the experience of getting to coach someone and know what that felt like and know the feeling of what it felt like to be in an alignment with myself and doing something that aligned with my core personal core values. So, you know, one of the exercises I have every client that I work with do between our first and second session is write out your personal core values, spend time getting quiet, thinking about what gives you energy, what doesn't give you energy. Um, getting quiet, thinking about what's really important to you. I think that that's how you find your way to what you're passionately in love with. And, you know, what I love about the work that I get to do is I get to sit across from someone and I get to hear about people's biggest challenges. I get to hear about people's biggest um, passions and I get to hold up a mirror to that metaphorically speaking, hold up a mirror so that they can see what they've said to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that amplification of what folks really truly have in their hearts and in their souls, I can't think of anything more fun. Yeah. Wow. And you are so great at it. I do want to say that when we met the other day um, and we were actually recording um, for your podcast, I... I almost wanted to stop and like sit on your couch and just start pouring out my heart (laughs) because you're such a great (laughs) listener. Like you were, you, you literally, I mean, the energy for one is just amazing. This is how I know that you are certainly walking in your purpose. The energy um, is just, it's just amazing. And then you listen, it's not about anything other than like really listening and hearing what the person sitting in front of you is saying and understanding and just taking it all in so that you can, um, you know, have a comeback that is going to be helpful um, and, you know, just help the person out that's there listening or, or talking to you at that time, like, and just help them have some type of or some form of transformation 
with the information that they're releasing to you. So I, I felt that, and like I said, I, I, I wanted to like stop for a second and just sit on your couch and just start talking. <laughs> um, well, you can do that anytime you want. I would love to have you back over. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was amazing. So I, I can tell you a little bit about how I felt, and we weren't even in a coaching session, but to someone that may want to hire you um, as a coach, what is, you know, what is it that, what is the point of, of, of the coaching? What are you trying to get them to? What is the transformation or, you know, how should they feel after going through your program? Oh my gosh. That's wow. Um, I would love people to feel seen Mm -hmm. and heard. I want them to know that if there's something that they truly want to be doing, if there's a change that they want to make, first of all, I'm going to be their biggest cheerleader and they can, if they want to take the action, I'm going to strategize with them on how they can get to their goals. So I want those that come to work with me to know that if they're feeling stuck, they're going to get unstuck. Mm -hmm. I want them to know that change is possible and all they have to do is be willing to put in the work. And so I want them to feel hope and excitement and I want them to feel like they are going to be able to step into their highest self. Mm-hmm. That's great. And what I think also is that, um, so a lot of times we get started on certain things that may not be in alignment with what we're truly supposed to be doing because of the amount of time that we spend maybe on social media or listening to other people going to, you know, certain conferences and workshops and, it kind of leads us if you're if you're someone that's lost it kind of leads you in a direction or a path that's not really yours and so right. what i'm finding or what i'm hearing from you is that um this is one of the steps again that we sometimes miss and we sometimes skip because we're trying to get to the end result too fast and so you are here right. to help them uh lay that foundation and say hey you know, this is my journey. This is going to be my walk. This is really what I'm here for. My purpose, Uh, finding out who they really are before stepping out into the world and starting these businesses. Yes. And you just touched on something that I think is really important. So with my yoga background, I've read extensively um, yoga books. And one of the yoga books that's required reading for most of most people in that do a 200 yoga teacher training, it's um, a book called the Bhagavad Gita. And it is a part of, it's a small portion of an epic poem, the Mahabharata. And it's a huge poem. And this, this one small piece of it is, I like to think of it personally as a, like an allegory or a metaphor, but you know, this is all based on Hindu philosophy, which is, which this book um, is based on Hindu philosophy and Hinduism is a religion, but I love this story and the message of this story. So what it is, is there's a man um, that is about Arjuana, I believe is how you pronounce his name. And he is about to go into battle. He's, he's like a prince and he's leading this battle And you could kind of think about it in terms of like the battle between the North and South where you had family members that were going to be fighting 
one another really close to like the state lines. That's the type of battle he was about to go into where on the other side, he had family members and he, his charioteer unbeknownst to him was Lord Krishna. And in Hindu philosophy, Lord Krishna is actually God or one of the gods. And he starts expressing his fears and his anxieties about moving forward with this war because he is scared that the results of his action are going to be horrific to family members and and those. And so the charioteer, Lord Krishna, like stops time in the war. Everybody stops in their place except for the two of them. And the message that he delivers to Arjuna is that you must move forward and not be attached to the fruit to the fruits of your labor. Mm. Meaning do the work, follow the process, and have faith and trust in essentially God. So we may or may not all believe the same thing, but trust that higher power. So do the work. If you know you're on the right path, if you are in alignment with your higher self, if you know your core values, you know, you have to do the work and you have to trust and you cannot be attached to the outcome. Mm, wow. I love that. And I think for an for an entrepreneur, I can't say like I, I come back to that message over and over and over because I'm just like anyone else. I get scared if I have a month that's down mm-hmm. and I have to remember that the work that I've been doing is in alignment with who I am. I know that I'm stepping into my purpose and I know and I'm not afraid to do the work I love the work it it, it doesn't feel necessarily hard to me because I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing the thing that I that I have the most difficult time with is not being attached to the outcome Mm -hmm. and that's the lesson that I'm trying to sit Mm -hmm. with right now is to do this work and not be attached to the outcome wow I love that so much thank you so much for sharing that and thank you for joining me on the podcast. Uh, Just one more question. Uh, You know, is there anything, something that you may say to yourself on a daily basis that really keeps you going? And then also share with us how we can find out more about you, your coaching program, your business, all of those things. Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, What do I tell myself on a (laughs) daily basis? I have beginning... I'm beginning to tell myself more and more because it's something that I see in my own clients. And I think often we get these reoccurring messages that we often need ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I see a lot of clients that question their own self-worth and the message that I know I personally need to hear. And I know a message that a lot of my clients need to hear is you are enough. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be skinnier. You don't have to be bigger. You don't have to make more money. You don't have to wear the perfect outfit. You don't have to, you don't have to strive. You are enough as you are and you are worthy. So that's something that I'm spending a lot of time telling myself. Um, And I hope that that's a message that will resonate with your listeners as well. And uh, folks can find me at yokeandabundance.com. Um, that's my website. 
or on Instagram at Yoke and Abundance. But thank you so much for allowing me to come and talk to you today. It's been such an honor and a pleasure. Yes, Alicia, thank you so, so much. Again, like we are soul sisters, um, just um, <laughs> grateful that we connected and, you know, hopefully can continue on with the connections and the collaborations uh, because I truly, truly enjoy and adore what you stand for. So again, thank you so much. Bye. Bye.